Let's talk football with Alex Brosk, who's on the line. G'day, Brosky. Um, a lot going on. Can we start with that bizarreness that played out on Saturday night? You never know what the weather's going to throw up, but a two-hour delay? Oh, man. What a what a bummer. But they got through it, and Sydney FC end up with a 3-2 win. Yeah, it was a, a crazy night. And unfortunately for me, Neve and Archie there on the sideline... Uh... Yeah, couldn't yep. didn't get an early mark. We had to wait around like the uh, like the rest of them, but the crowd stuck around, which was fantastic. And thankfully for them, they got to see Sydney uh, get the points in the end. But uh, yeah, not overly convincing from uh, from from Sydney. I um, yeah, I, I guess after the first half and the way things were going, probably expected things to go on. And Sydney, with that delay, would have hoped as well that um, you know they could have gone straight back out there and continued on with the job. But it gave time for Perth to to regroup and and. Um, get their act together a little bit, I think, because they didn't show too much in that first half. And, um, you know, in the end, Sydney scraped through. But, yeah, crazy night. Yeah, absolutely. And just on the Sydney performance, so time is something that you just mentioned there. And we've been speaking to their players about the change since Steve Corica was shown the door and Ufuk Tele has taken over, about how much time they'll need to get things up and running under the new sort of, under the new structure, so to speak. So did you see enough there to say that, they're turning the corner to do what, what they're going to do under their new manager? Look, I saw enough uh, in the first game, and I know it's easy to say because they won convincingly down in Adelaide 5-1, but for me, and what I'm hearing is that the style of play that Ufuk Tale wants, uh, wants out of the squad is more um, you know, in your face, it's more pressing, it's a lot more high tempo with and without the ball, and that's something that coaches generally need a full pre-season to develop because as the players, they need a, a certain level of fitness um, to be able to carry out that game plan. And unfortunately for, for Ufi coming in three games in, it, it's, it's a, it is tough and he does need time, but it's, it's how he manages getting the players up to scratch physically um, while still carrying out you know the game style that he wants to play. So I do think... The, I've seen some some signs in that first game but since then they've been quite flat and I do think it's because of how hard he's working them but ultimately I mean the players that can uh, that can handle it and can go with the the you know tough training that they're going through at the moment they will see the benefits from it uh, later on and the ones that can't will, will fall away unfortunately but look the way that he wants to play that's the part that I'm excited about I'm excited about the high pressing Sydney um you know and, and more aggressive. So it will take time, but I've definitely seen enough, uh, you know, to think that they will be there at the end. Other results, Melbourne City beat Newcastle 2-0, Central Coast 2-all with Melbourne victory, Phoenix beat Western United 1-0, and the Brisbane Roar drew with Wanderers 2-2. So um, that puts Brisbane, what, third on the ladder with three wins and three losses. Your take on where the Roar are, of course, we're beamed live into SENQ 693 in Queensland. So your take on where the Roar are sitting there in third? Well, they deserve to be up there. I think that the style of football they're playing um, has been exciting. You know, in the coverage um, in, in their most recent game against the Wanderers, I heard... You know, the words Raw Salona, um, you know, mentioned a couple of times. And obviously, they're not quite there uh, in terms of how they're playing just yet. But I think the fact that fans have a lot to be excited about again. It's been a while since a, a Raw team has played, you know, this uh, this type of football, this exciting brand of football. And look, I think the Mariners uh, really set a, a blueprint down for, for what any team can achieve in the league, you know, regardless of 
you know, whether you're a, a club that spends a lot of money or not. I think if you get the recruitment right, if you get the style of football right and the coach right, then, you know, with those three things alone, you can really build a successful season. And the Roar at the moment, anyway, uh, are looking great. They, they, uh, they probably should have held on for a draw uh, for a win and, and will be disappointed not to have been able to against a, a very good side in the Wanderers. But I think credit needs to go to Western Sydney as well with how they're going. Um, these two sides are playing great football at the moment, but the surprise packet really has been for me Wellington Phoenix. Um, you know, they, they've sort of just been going under the radar somewhat, not anymore given they're top of the league, but, you know, scraping results away from home um, and then at home being extremely clinical and, and, and great to watch as well. Um, so a good couple of new managers um, that we're seeing in the league in, in, in the top three spots at the moment. So the Phoenix on top, uh, as you mentioned, 14 points, so four wins and the two draws and no losses. So them and Western Sydney yet to drop a game this season. On the on the, on the the New Zealand side of things, we know that Auckland are going to come in, so therefore we'll have a second team competing with Wellington Phoenix. And it's been announced that Terry McFlynn, who you'll know very well, is going to be the man in charge of football for the new Auckland A-Leagues club, the director of football. It's a huge job. Um, where on where do you start? I mean, where do you reckon Terry's got to start here? Oh, good question. I mean, from from the ground up, really. You know, he's he's looking. For, they're looking for a coach. They're looking for players. Um, a whole new squad. I think it's exciting. I mean, as a as a football director, um, you know, for me, having known Terry as long as I did, and having worked with him at Sydney, and you know, he was there and helped um, create that incredible squad that we had under Graham Arnold. You know, he worked very closely with Arnie in bringing players in, making sure they were the right players and, and you know, forming the right culture that, that we uh, that we had there. So I've, I've got no doubt that uh, Terry will, will do a fantastic job um, in setting that up. But it's exciting, yeah, to be able to be there from, from the beginning um, and and basically mould a team into the way that you want, I think is incredibly exciting for any football director. And um, for, look, again, no surprise that uh, possibly that Wellington are doing as well as they as they are. I mean, the, the thought of a new team uh, coming in and, and trying to take that uh, that spot off you in, in, in New Zealand is enough to get any team going. So uh, I think it'll, it makes for a great derby next season. Yeah, nothing boots you up the bum like competition in your own backyard, doesn't it, mate? Um, just a final one on, on the EPL. So Man City and Tottenham this morning, three all. I, I saw some of the highlights and some of the fallout on all of this. What was your take on that? So the Spurs sitting in fifth. We just heard from Ange Postacoglu earlier. He, he, he loved the theatre of it. I'm sure he'd love the win, but he loved the theatre of the whole thing. As we all did, it's um, it's just great to see Ange doing what he's doing over there. You know, Pep Guardiola and Man and Man City, uh, one of the best managers, if not the best in the world, with one of the best teams uh, in the world. And and he's gone over there and you know had a spray at his players at half time because they weren't playing with the uh, yeah, I guess the style that he wants them to play. And and which is great to see. If you're going to go down, go down playing the way that. Um, that I want you to play, basically. You know, have no fear. Go out there and, and carry out the game plan. If we lose, then it's on me. And, and, and I love those words from uh, from Ange. Um, as a player as well, to, to have the backing of your manager to go out to say, you know, it doesn't matter who we play. Uh, you know, I want you to play the way I know you can. And if it if it doesn't work, then it's on me. I think that's incredibly refreshing to, to hear as an outsider, but to see as well as a as a player, you know. And... and um, 
yeah, I think an incredible result, three all for him. It gets things going again after a couple of hard losses, and hopefully he just continues to uh, to to go on and um, do what he's doing, Edge, because it's it's been fun to watch. Yeah, absolutely. I'm looking. So next time around, they've got West Ham, who are what four spots below them on the ladder. So that's uh, that's still ahead of them, of course. But yeah, the Ant Show rolls on. Good on you, Broski. Good to catch up, mate. Thanks for all of that. <laughs> no worries. Thank you. Alex Bross joining us there. So, yeah, next match for Tottenham, next Friday morning, our time. So um, that will be against West Ham. And the table below, as I mentioned, Arsenal, Liverpool, Man City, 1-2-3, and Aston Villa, 4. Then we've got Tottenham in fifth. Then it's Newcastle, Man United, Brighton, West Ham, down to Chelsea in 10th, Brentford, Crystal Palace, Wolves, Fulham, Nottingham Forest, Bournemouth and Luton Town 17th, Everton with their penalty in 18th, Burnley 19th and Sheffield United at the bottom of the ladder. Just the one win so far, two draws and 11 losses for Sheffield United. We're back after this after this break with your texts and calls, uh, 0457 736 736 on the text line.